0: Hello everyone and welcome to One Kill Podcast, episode 206. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today talking about video games. It's going to be a bit of a weird episode this week. Uh, I don't have any news stories that I really wanted to talk about, so that's just kind of off the table this week and also most of my week this week has been spent uh, working on the near video with the comparison between the father and son uh, near. So I don't have a lot of information to give you. I will say the, the near video is coming along well. I know the last podcast I was very like, I don't know what's going to happen with this thing. This could be a trash fire and I might throw it out. Um, it, it, even before I published that podcast, um, um, it started to come together. So, so I feel a lot more confident in it. I'm at the point where I have a finalized script. I went ahead and recorded, uh, my, my audio over it, my, my voice, my script reading over it, so that's all all recorded, edited, and done. So at this point, it's just editing the video itself. I'm not really sure how the video is gonna come along in terms of time. A lot of times the where the videos take the longest is if I have a lot of very specific things I want to talk about in a video, and I have to kind of like search through footage to find when those kind of things happen and what works best for those those conversations. Um, there's definitely a lot of those scenes in this video, uh, but at the same time, I've already kind of looked them up and know where they are, so so it should be as simple as kind of dropping those in for the for the point that I I I have in mind a specific th- scene I want to uh, show showcase. Uh, the bigger thing is going to be what do I fill out the rest with? This video is very much about um, characters and storytelling, so I don't know if there's really a lot of value in showing like gameplay during that, but I don't want to show too much like characters and story stuff. So it might be a case where I just kind of have some filler video going on. I hate doing filler video, um, but it is the easiest thing to do because you just basically take a random bit of footage with no care in the world of what it's showing, basically, outside of like, maybe, you know, maybe don't show a loading screen when you're when you're editing your video. But but otherwise, you know, it's it, it's pretty, pretty, those, those kind of bits of footage are, are always the easiest just because you don't have to think about it. You just drop it in and then that's just kind of there. Um, so we'll see how much that of that there is. Typically it's about an hour, I would say per, per minute of footage depends on what kind of editing is going on. Sometimes it'd be way shorter than that. Sometimes it'd be way longer than that. Um, just depends on how intensive the editing is, how much footage you need to shove into a, a single section of video, basically. So, um, I would like to have that done by this Saturday. I don't know if that's going to be the case yet. I'll let you know if, if not this Saturday, we'll we'll hopefully have it by the end of uh, of uh, or by the next Saturday after this. Um, this Saturday is also my birthday as well, so I will have to like try to plan around that because I know my dad wants me to do some stuff there that I that I'll need to figure out. You know <laughs> where that where that comes into play because I, I am posting those featured videos on Saturday now, so that's kind of like when when I would typically post that. So we'll, we'll see. I'm also doing premieres for those too. So anyways, but in terms of, you know, other stuff I've been doing, uh, it's been pretty light. I did have some more, a doll goods come in. So I, I went ahead and bought, um, goods and I had a set of those come in a couple weeks ago. I had to order them from different, um, proxy services because of, um, like basically when, when bur- buying from pick square, which is that, that, uh, convention kind of virtual convention, uh, program I told to, talked to you guys about a while ago that's like in a very RPG maker kind of fashion uh, depending on where the the person hosts their store sometimes you can use certain services over others so so some services are easier to, to set up than others ones are for, for those purchasing things um, so I, I ended up having to split up the orders between two different proxy services for that um, I'm not sure how these are going to show up on camera, but I'll just give you a, a full description, especially since we have audio, um, uh, people listening as well, but one is like a card case kind of thing, or I don't know if it's specifically a card case, but it's basically a plastic container that you can kind of open and close. And there's a, a Nyandora on here and as well as some like Solomon program and, uh, well actually they're from, uh, Eureka battle slimes. They're like little blue, like dragon quest looking slimes, but instead of having a little like, you know, peek to their to their head or something they have these two little ball hands in their, their hand and they're and those slimes are in in oracle battle a Doll, and solomon program so that was kind of a fun thing um i also got this glass that is like an actual cup it's got a tear from a doll on it that's probably not going to show up super well on camera but tear is the mermaid girl from uh, a tokadol and uh <laughs> the print is pretty light it's it's it's, it's kind of hard to see to be honest with you uh, but I do appreciate <laughs> the effort with that. I've seen some uh, people in the Atokadol communities make like some really nice-looking dessert and parfait cups, and and putting it in this. I don't know if I plan to use mine. It's one of those things that it's like, oh no, like it. I don't know. I should use it. I'm, I'm somebody who is like kind of the mind that if you're gonna like have something that's like based on a series, it should probably be something that is going to be uh useful to some degree and you would utilize it i get really worried about how the how this would handle like multiple multiple washes um the the, the like graphics on there I, I don't really know how it's actually affixed to this um it's like definitely not like a sticker or something but it is kind of like a layer on top of the glass essentially so but it's really cute i like it i put it over with the other tokadol stuff for now my tokadol shelf is getting a little too full. Uh, I might have to expand its uh expand its domain <laughs> um go go overtake the Gabriella ghostly groove uh g- corner that I have in my my uh my apartment and then I still got some of socks which are basically just black socks, but they have uh lucico's uh emblem on it so that's kind of fun. I put them on I was su- I was not really expecting them to fit to be honest with you they were listed for men. Um, but I did not check the sizes of them. And, you know, Japanese uh, sizes like in centimeters, I think, versus like whatever. I don't know. Whatever our shoe sizes are here in the U.S. That I'm like a ten and a half wide or something like that, which is really annoying to, to find those. But anyways, these socks, they're nice. They fit. That's nice. I don't know. Like, I don't want to wear them too much because, you know, you get, you get all holy. I'm sure these are probably just standard, like, black socks you buy at a store with a with a patch basically embedded into it. Uh, so I'm not going to expect that they would hold up super long. Save it for my special occasion. When I have my, my Atoka doll wedding, I'll be ready <laughs> <laughs> with my sports socks. <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of like dressy socks a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Special occasion socks. So I got those. Um, one thing I did not realize, though, is... I you know, I bought a good chunk of Tokadol stuff, so so like I got everything. I was like, oh cool, I think this is everything between these two services. The I missed one thing. Um I actually bought some like washi tape for Tokadol, which is like a you know, just a tape that has like a token characters printed on it. I forgot about that until so, like I think it was like Wednesday morning or something, I got an email from Bae being like, Hey, Your tapes here. (laughs) I'm like, oh no. Um, And then they're like, you want to ship this tape to you? It's gonna be 20 bucks. I'm like, oh god. Um, So I kind of to try to justify that shipping cost a little more. um, I went ahead because you know you, you save money when you spend money, right? Um, I went ahead and, uh, poked around a little bit on Yahoo Auctions Japan and I actually found, and this is why if you're watching the video version, the, uh, the background is themed as the private idol windows 95 desktop accessory user interface. Um, except for the, the background behind me, that's not a part of the application. That's just something I threw in there. Um, like this is like, there's like this dotted picture of, uh, what's her face? I forget her name. The private idol girl, May, Maya, May, something like that. I think it's May. Um, that's actually just a loading stream from the game, but anyways, um, So I found that there were like somebody who were selling development or maybe like reference documents are the the better way to describe it. Um, based on the description, it sounds like basically when they were developing the game, they had these, you know, reference sheets that they had that they printed out for staff. So they're not like, you know, hand-drawn, you know, art or anything like that. Um, but it's like 30 pages of reference material that, that, at least according to the description, is claimed that it is it is a something that the staff would have it utilized, you know. I can't say for sure that somebody's just not sitting there scanning and reprinting out, you know, some private idle materials and then selling it for 30 bucks on the internet, right? Um, but you know, I, I'm going to guess, you know, copying of private idol, uh, development materials is not exactly a lucrative business model. So, and the, uh, the sellers seem to have like a good variety of those kind of things, uh, like a different types of like, uh, reference materials for, for anime and things like that. Um, so, and the, 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 like review, the number of stars that the seller had was pretty high. So I, th- I think it's probably fairly reasonable. And at the end of the day, the big thing is I want to be able to go ahead and scan that and send it up to archive.org more than anything. Um, they have about five pages that were on the, uh, auction page that I could preview. So I could look at what those are mostly just like character art and things like that. But there's like a character sheet that kind of gives brief description of the characters. I'm not going to, I'm going to guess it's not going to be anything too fancy on that sheet. Um, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was like something that was really neat. And, you know, it, it was kind of pricey at 30 bucks. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't know how often I'm going to see private idol development materials be listed on Yahoo Auctions Japan. <laughs> so uh, I got in a conversation with my friend about um like anime cells. If you don't know, like when they make like, you know, actual anime p- things like 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 when they're when they're composing a shot in anime, there's like these things called anime or like cells that you can basically, you know, they basically Drew all the art on, and that's what they actually scanned for the actual frame kind of thing. To my understanding, I don't really know a lot about cells. Um, So you can find sometimes these original cells for various things. Like, I think Mega Man 8 had a bunch of cells that somebody found a while ago. Um, And if you look at Yahoo! Options Japan, there's actually a bunch for First Kiss Story up there for all the animated cutscenes in that game. And those things would be lovely to have an archive, um, but just like I don't know, anime cells are a weird thing because they, it's like an individual frame of an anime, and there's just so many of them for an individual anime, and like the price is very wildly depending on the desirability of the actual frame or whatever. Um, and it's just like a, it's a game that I feel like if you're do, if you're buying it for documentation, it's a it's a game you can't win because you have to spend a ton of money. There's so many of them out there, and you'll never find all of them, kind of thing. Very unlikely you'll find all of them. Like I think the, the the exception is if like, if like say I ended up with them from like HUNEX directly or something, right? Like somebody at HUNEX was like, "Hey, take these," or "Hey, so, like I'm just gonna buy these just to get them out of my house," kind of thing. That's a different thing. But when you're like buying individual pieces off Yahoo Auctions Japan, no like that's just way too much of a thing to to archive. So I thought like this the 30, 30 pages of development material was like a solid investment and it was like fairly cheap and it's like something I could upload online and it's something that you know I don't I don't know if there's a private idol fan base out there um yeah, I would expect not but who can say, you know? Um and and so I'm kind of the person to do this if I'm going to do it and and you know what will essentially be you know after shipping and everything probably like 50 bucks to get that up there, you know, as somebody has a decent income that I can afford that reasonably, I think it's like worth me doing um, and, and having that up there. Um, will it matter in the future for anybody? I don't know. I mean, that also is under the assumption that archive.org will exist for however long, but you know, I think generally people have put their faith in archive.org as the best solution for what is available today for archiving that stuff. So so yeah, I, there's my justification of why I spent more money. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I did play a little bit of video games this week, though. Uh, not a ton. Uh, I played a very tiny amount of God Eater 3. We were originally going to start God Eater 3 this week, but um, one of the p- people in the group had to go and work on another project, which, you know, as somebody who's working on a video project myself, was perfectly okay. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, uh, I played through the tutorial with one of my friends, which is about four or five missions for that. And just kind of messed around with that game. And they kind of introduced you to the various mechanics of the game. I think there are some things in that game that I I was hoping would be more in depth. That once I've actually got a chance to sit down and stare at it. Realize what was happening. And like compare it to God Eater 2 that i i that it might not be as in-depth as hoping uh for so if you don't know if you don't know and in summary god eater is a, a monster hunter style game so you're like fighting a bunch of monsters you're crafting these big weapons and things like that and in god eater 2 specifically they have these things called blood arts which are basically modifiers to certain attacks that you could uh, you could equip but you can only equip one blood art at once so what would happen is you would have a uh, blood art that was mapped to a single move and that was like Like to level that blood art you had to use the move and it was also had a buff to its damage. So it resulted in a lot of the game you just spamming that one blood art nonstop and it really kind of drained a lot of the life out of the moveset of God Eater 2 in my opinion. Um, I think God Eater One's a better game. So if you're ever gonna play God Eater, God Eater in terms of God Eater One versus Two, I have not played God Eater Three yet. But if you're gonna play God Eater One versus Two, God Eater One Rage Burst or wait, no, not Rage Burst, Resurrection. God Eater One Resurrection is a fantastic place to start there. Um, but and God Eater Two, I don't know. There's there's some things about God Eater Two when it comes to characters that are that are that I do like, and some of the presentation. You know, you could tell that the game was definitely like catching on and getting more budget. Um, but you know, despite the fact that it reused a ton of materials from God Eater One, <laughs> um, but uh, but I was kind of hoping that it would get away from that. But in God Eater Three, you basically have it looks like three blood arts, and you can map those to three different um inputs. So that does mean you're going to have a more wider variety of blood arts equipped all at once. So that will give you more opportunity to more fully utilize your moveset. And again, I have not actually really played this game. Just went through the tutorial. But I kind of worry that it's still going to be a situation where you're going to prioritize the one blood art that you want to level right now. And you're just going to spam that one move. And until you've capped out the blood arts that matter at least... Um, you're, you're just going to really heavily focus on those moves and yeah, it's, 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 I appreciate what the blood art systems trying to do. It allows you to have a lot of like add some customization to your move set as a character. Um, and, and I think that's really cool, but I think you have to, if you're going to make it work, you need to have it available for basically every move in the game. And, you know, who can say maybe at the end of the day that this, that is essentially what will happen with God Eater 3. But uh, on the the initial level, I'm a little worried about that. There's a lot of things with God Eater 3 where I'm looking at the menus and I'm just like, man, maybe this game is not the big improvement I thought it would be over God Eater 2. Maybe it's kind of a half step despite it having a pretty extensive visual overhaul um, to the game itself. So, yeah, but still, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I still had fun with God Eater 2 despite the uh, the things that were, were problematic with it. But overall, I think I, I am worried that God Eater 1 will still be the one and only God Eater that I would really recommend to anybody. <laughs> so, so yeah. Although admittedly, God Eater One's a very grindy game in a lot of ways too. Um, there's not a lot of variety in God Eater 1. So I also played a little bit of Smash Remix, which if you don't know what this is, this is essentially a Smash Brothers 64 mod um, where they added a, a variety of characters. I had a friend that wanted to, to try out the multiplayer in that uh, the online multiplayer, because you can do it through Project 64. I think a very specific build of Project 64. I don't think you can just do it in any release of Project 64. And um, basically, they've added more characters to Smash Brothers 64 so and more stages as well. So they have like Wario, um, uh, Dark Samus. I don't know if that's the name of that, that Phantom version of Samus, but Dark Samus off the top of my head um they added uh lucas um um ganondorf some of the characters are, like modifiers that they're very much like the clone characters as you might expect um but other characters are um more unique like like wario is a pretty much a completely unique character for the most part uh, i can say actually that there's probably a basis in in mario there i'm trying to think of like what if any of those characters were like completely entirely new i think there were some there you can play as, it, it is not the like It is not like on the character select menu, but you can play or, well, it is on the character select. you have to go to the Luigi and press down on the D pad. You can become like the piano from Mario 64 for some reason. And just like wreck house as a piano. That's really silly. So there's like, there are some like more unique characters like that. There's also like more like, I think, you know, Breaking kind of characters like there's that, there's giant Donkey Kong and Giga Bowser. Bowser's one that they added in that's very much based off the melee Bowser uh moveset as well. So, very cool thing, you know. It it is one of those things where it is still Super Smash Brothers 64, so it's very, very floaty, very um, a lot of hit stuns. So, when you get hit, you have a lot of time that you're just kind of not able to react. There's no like air dodging or anything like that. Um, uh, the friend I was playing with clearly had the ability to do some combos in that game that I was just like I don't know. Uh, uh, but you know it was it was a fun time. I, I, Smash Brothers 64 is this very strange thing when you look at it in the context of Smash Brothers sense because like it is probably the biggest gap when you think about mechanically what Smash Brothers is um, because you know Smash Brothers Melee did a lot like the side specials in, in that game where you you like left and right on the B button. Are are kind of this weirdly, like this thing that that I don't think anybody was thinking about was was missing in Smash Sixty Four. But when they put it in Melee, you're like, oh yeah, this should have been there from the beginning. And and, and it's weird that in Smash for the Sixty Four it's not there. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun thing. And the the online seems really good. You know, that's the thing I always find with like some of these. Um, like Fightcade and things like that it's just like the online is super responsive and and you look at what is happening with, with Smash Brothers online and it's kind of crazy that Smash Brothers official online is as as laggy as it is. It's definitely playable, don't get me wrong people play Smash Brothers online for a reason there's a way to play it but when you play offline versus online in Smash Brothers it's kind of crazy how, how different it can feel. This had like I think two frames of delays I think is what it was telling us during that so you know it, it was maybe not super 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 responsive but it was responsive enough that i could barely tell the biggest problem i had actually was using i was using an xbox one controller for playing it um i don't really have a way to hook up a game. well i have not at this time hooked up a gamecube controller to my pc i can use the wii u um um, uh GameCube controller adapter and hook it to my PC, and I think I can do something with that, but I've never done that myself, so I don't have a way to easily just plug in a GameCube controller and and, and set that up. Uh, I know the the emulator has rafnet adapters uh, support built in, which if if you don't know, there's like uh, a company that basically makes or a person maybe specifically <laughs> that makes adapters for for controllers of different consoles, so you can get use like Nintendo sixty four controllers on a GameCube or vice versa, and um, also. You have uh, like GameCube controllers to USB. They even allow you to use like a USB keyboard. So if you know the Fantasy Star Online keyboard that has the um, the keyboard controller where it has the keyboard in the middle and the control game controller on the sides um they have support for that so you can use that keyboard on a pc if you want to which is like kind of a fun thing um, um i wouldn't mind trying that someday because i have that that keyboard controller but but yeah it's like it's it's so they, basically there's different ways to connect the controllers to the pc and um and i was using an xbox controller and just like the sensitivity was through the roof on that thing it was really hard to really um control the characters in a way that felt really like satisfying or at least like more more like the original game in some ways. I probably would use a GameCube controller over a 64 controller just because of the analog stick issue where a lot of 64 controllers have analog sticks that just haven't really stood the test of time. I, I really should go and look at some more replacement options for 64 controller analog sticks because um, I am getting to the point that I only have a few good ones left. Um, and, and I'd like to have a solution for that. Obviously there's the GameCube style 64 controller, uh, analog stick replacements, but if you've heard me talk about that before, it's very much like a digital input. That's what it feels like to me, like a digital input. Even it's, it's technically analog, but it doesn't feel, um, like it's really reading the, the, um, analog stick to the same fidelity as a, as a normal N64 controller. In my opinion, it's actually kind of completely off in a lot of ways that it, it kind of ruins a lot of that movement in those games um you know at the, uh, in my opinion again but you know it's you're still gonna be able to run forward you're still gonna be able to walk you're gonna be able to do what you need to do but it's just not as good <laughs> so so yeah um on stream we finished up Kaito Joker I was not expecting Kaito Joker to to wrap up so quickly the save file that was on there um had uh 14 hours in it so my assumption was that maybe the person was maybe trying to 100% the game or something, but but potentially, you know, we're looking at a game that might be like eight hours or something like that. Uh, we beat it in four hours, <laughs> and I think that was with a little bit of downtime as well, and a couple times me getting stuck. So that's a very short game, about three hours. Um, but it's a really cool game. If, if you didn't was tune in at all, basically, it's a it's a 3DS, uh, Japanese-only 3DS title. Uh, it's done by Inti Creates, and it's a puzzle platformer. So you basically have uh, this character, it's based off an of Anime live. And so you have this character called, uh, I think his name is just Joker. Um, and, and you are going around these environments and you can use various costumes that you can take from enemies, or you can even turn into objects. You disguise yourself to kind of like walk around the environment and dodge foes or like activate certain panels and things like that. And then he has the ability to throw cards that can either explode or throw smoke bombs or flash so he can blind everybody. Um, so, so he has like a lot of tools for kind of stealthing around basically, which, so it's kind of like a side scrolling stealth game. Uh, very much focused at kids and there's like a scoring system. If you, if you're familiar with like Gunvolt, um, it, it's very similar structurally where you like get the ability to choose between various stages that you go through the, the thing. And at the end of it, you get like a ranking and, and you get a different score based off, you know, how you perform and things like that. That's not a Gunvolt unique thing, obviously, but like in the fact that integrates made this and some of like how the UI designed, um, feels very Gunvolt-ish. Um, that's definitely the thing that comes to mind, uh, uh, uh with that. So, So yeah, it's like this cool stealth puzzle platformer kind of thing. Um, There's not a lot of action to it, I will say. Um, the, really the most action you have is just trying to very quickly throw smoke cards because if somebody catches you, you have a little bit of time to throw your smoke card to kind of like prevent them from 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 t- seeing you. The problem being is that you have to like rotate between card functions. Um, on. A, if you're using buttons, if you touch the screen, it actually is an immediate card throw actually. Um, but you have to rotate between cards to to or functions to, to of what the card throwing button is mapped to. So like I think it's the A button throws cards. So if you press the R trigger, I believe it like rotates between the different cards. You get throw, but you have four cards so it's, it's just not like you don't have to smoke the smoke card is hard to have available immediately if you're using buttons um uh, if you are on a different card essentially so you want to like i kind of preemptively have it just in case uh, maybe it would make, make more sense to play with using the touchscreen i didn't really use the touchscreen when you're capturing a ds on another device uh it's kind of a pain to use the touchscreen um that and i wanted to like have my face where i'm like facing on the stream like my 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 framing be that i'm facing towards the game and i have my face up and like people can see it kind of thing versus if i'm playing with the 3ds like if i keep it on the stand that i have um i'm like shoving my face down and like the only thing the person will be able to see is my my the top of my head basically um so so i could hold the 3ds up that's another option if we ever get to a touch intensive game that 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 matters but for a game like that where pretty much everything can be done with be via, via the button controls um i would rather just like play with it on the stand and treat the 3ds like a controller rather than rather than the actual input device although i, I did look down at it when i whenever i had to blow into the microphone to to blow out fire but yeah it's a really great looking game too it's got like a very ghost trick aesthetic so this kind of like um. Um, flat cell shaded look but it's got kind of like a little bit of a blur to it to some degree so it's got this kind of weird I don't know what the right word for it would be but it's like kind of this like Fuzzy, fuzzy, flat shaded background, I guess, and it's very much intentional. I think that that it looks that way. I don't think it's like a limitation of the system or anything like that. Uh, the character models are three D models, though, so so the, the character moves around in three D. But it's got a great aesthetic, and if you like like uh, Rhythm Thief aesthetic, I think that's like a great game as well. That is a good comparison. Um, obviously, two different types of games. But but when, it th- when I think about like how the characters kind of look and behave and, 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 and how the graphics look as well, it feels very similar. But very fun game. Very short game. You know, I paid like 25 bucks for it when I was in Japan. I don't know if that was high or not. I just basically bought the copy I found. It was the only one I found. I, I, I'm pretty sure I bought it in Akihabara. So very good chance that it was overpriced. Um, and it didn't come with any of the, uh, uh, paper materials with it, which I feel like is a very rare thing for me when I buy stuff from Japan or at least through Vink. Maybe Vink goes out of his way to, uh, to get a lot of the paper materials when he buys stuff. Um, so it didn't have any of that stuff, but you know, I, I don't regret it though. It, it's definitely a, a, a nice game. And if you really do end up liking the game, uh, there is replay value there. You can go and like, you can find various treasures in the environment. There's like hints of where these treasures are. I didn't find finding the treasures very satisfying because you have to use this thing called Joker vision and you have to scan the environment to to select the treasure. And if you have the hints um, and, you know, the games in Japanese, so it'd be, it's more of an effort for me to go look at the hints than it would be for somebody who is natively speaking the language. So that could be a, an additional barrier here. But, but if, unless you have the hints, like basically the, the treasure is just floating in the environment in this Joker vision. So you just kind of like walk into a corner and you're like, this is a very suspicious corner. And then you turn on Joker vision and then it's like, oh yeah, there's a treasure here. There's not a treasure here kind of thing. Um, so it just didn't feel super satisfying to find that treasure in my opinion. I'm not sure if there's additional content. If you get more treasure, um, I saw that somebody online was, uh, basically trying to collect all the treasure. I don't know if they they've ever fully did or not. Um, but in skimming through their videos, I didn't see any kind of like additional endings, and the ending seemed pretty like satisfactory. It seemed well produced as well. So I'm not sure if they would have gone out of their way to create an additional like cutscene if you. If you hundred percent the game or something like that, it just seems like a little bit of a stretch for an anime license game. But again, maybe I'm not giving Kaito Joker enough credit, but at the end of the day though, I think it's like a great short experience kind of thing. We did do another community reviews. I really need to figure out what I need, what I need to do with those community reviews. I want to get them up somewhere that is visible. The big thing is just trying to communicate to people what they are. Um, so people don't think like people don't jump into like a YouTube video, and be confused about what, what that review is. But I would like to put that in like a public facing space um and it seems like people had a good time i might check to see if in the um so if you don't know how those community reviews work basically um i just have like a a bullet point list up on on the screen and we type in information and i just listen to the chat i also provide my own opinion as well and i kind of moderate you know what kind of things get on the board or not there's some things that are a that i, I may be a little a little too controlling of <laughs> in that thing but you know i want to keep our, our our review somewhat consistent right um, I don't want to have good graphics in the good section and bad graphics in the bad section. <laughs> um, but it's just like a community review thing. It's actually kind of fun. I I don't know the best way to like let people know ahead of time that it's going to happen because like in the case of Kaito Joker, I had no idea we were going to beat the game during that stream. So it's like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. Um, but yeah, so we go ahead and, and and get up set up some points and then do a, a review score at the end and we create a panel and then that that final screenshot is our our review just with like, a set of uh, basically good, bad, and a score. Um, but I would like to go ahead and like present the actual c- conversations we have in, in, in some way or another. So I just got to figure out how to like like message that on the YouTube channel and and, and figure that out. Um, I also, so what we're going to do for, for streaming next is, uh, we're going to play some Dirge Cerberus Final Fantasy VII. If you don't know what that is, that is the third person shooter Final Fantasy VII game, uh, that features Vincent Valentine from Final Fantasy VII. I played, uh, Durja Cerberus a long time ago when I was a kid, whenever it first came out, I bought it basically launch day. I had a friend that made fun of me. Cause he's like, the only reason you're buying this is cause it's Final Fantasy. And at the time I'm like, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but also I think that game kind of, uh, is part of the reason why I learned that I just like love Japanese shooters because they're just kind of often not very, um, maybe I should say, say of that time, at least and maybe today it's different, but, but at that time, Japanese shooters often felt very different from Western shooters, um, for a lot of times for the worse. Um, but it's also made them kind of unique. It's part of why I like schoolgirl zombie hunters as well, because like, yeah, that gameplay is like a mess but there's some unique things going on in there uh, that 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 uh, is very much informed by i think that japanese game design sensibility um but yeah uh so essentially if you don't know dirge Cerberus on on the ps2 has mouse and keyboard support i only ever played it with the ps2 controller back in the day um because mouse and keyboard support in that game is at least in my opinion, surprisingly hard to configure. Um, so I I kind of just shied away from it. So this time around, I want to play through the whole game with mouse and keyboard. Um, with Stream, it's kind of a weird situation because I have to like kind of, you know, can't really use my my main desk very well because I have to have a like, separate keyboard for it for my PC. So I bought like a little like armrest for my chair that has a mouse uh, thing on it. And I'm using my Beekity Mouse uh, PS2 uh, mouse uh, for it, which has a like, trackball in it. Um, I've tried using a laser mouse before with dirt Cerberus, and I find that, that it just does not work super well. Again, maybe it's just the mouse I have or what. But uh, So I, tr- I thought maybe trying the trackball mouse would help. And when I say trackball mouse, I do not mean my usual trackball mouse where I have, like, the uh, the ball on top, right? Um, I don't know if you can really see that, but in there, I have, like, the ball on top of the mouse. I mean, like, one that just has a trackball on the bottom. Um, so So it's kind of weird because... Basically the game doesn't seem to let you do like really fast movements with mouse. Um, What it seems to do is it kind of has a drag to it. So there's a period of time when you're moving the mouse that um, the, 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 the turn and look is slower then when uh, after a certain period of time when you go far enough then it's like okay we're gonna let you turn a lot faster so there's kind of this very um and again this might be specifically with my mouse or something or, or what but it's kind of this like drag to your movement because you have to like start slow and then once you get that speed pickup then you can kind of like more fast you know move the mouse around so you get to think a lot about how you move the mouse i feel like um, but we'll play it on normal. Um, uh, I need to figure out how hard it is to get the true ending. I, I don't remember, I remember at the time having trouble getting it, but I think it was because I played through the game without any kind of guide initially. So when I went back to it, it's like, oh, you have to go get these items in these particular spots. And so you just, have to kind of like replay through the whole game again to go do that basically. So I might try to go ahead and try to um you know get those collectibles uh during our playthrough using a guide you can also unlock various things in that game including since i'm using the final fantasy 7 uh dirge server i don't know why i said final fantasy 7 again the international release of dirge servant um it has the online cutscenes on there um none of them are, are in english i believe i believe it's all just left in japanese and didn't do any kind of extra translation work even though you can play the game in english um, But, uh, but yeah, you can unlock those cutscenes. So I'm kind of interested in doing that. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to sit there and like follow a guide for collectibles the entire time on stream. We might just focus on the, the, the true ending stuff and leave it at that. Um, and then I think while, while we're playing that game, I'm going to hopefully try to play the original Dirge of not the U.S. release, the Japanese original Dirge of um, on the side on my own, because the differences between those games are, are, are interesting because they, they've made quite a few changes between the, the, the Japanese version and the U.S. release and the U.S. international version that came out in Japan is more close to the Japanese, uh, to the U.S. release. So I need to look at what other differences there are between the U.S. release and the, the international release as well. I'm not, I'm not sure of that um it'd be good to know just like in case you know I could kind of point that out while we're on on stream or something like that during that but looking forward to that probably gonna have a good time with that I think um I know that the, I was not really expecting the podcast to go like a solid thirty minutes without any uh, any without running out of topics because of uh, just feeling like we didn't have a lot to, to talk about this week. But it sounds like I, I rambled on long enough. But one thing I did want to kind of talk a little bit about was um, some of the anime I, I've been watching. So I did go ahead and start picking up some anime again. If you remember a while ago, I was talking about uh, Magatsu Warheight. Uh, I started that and then at some point kind of fell off. Whenever I'm simulcast, or oh, I watch something that's being simulcast, I have a hard time paying attention to it, like, the whole time. I usually fall off at some point. It's just the nature of how I am with anime. I usually want to watch anime at a very specific point in my life, and then I go away from that, go do other things, then come back to anime. Uh, I don't know if it's like a comfort food after I burn myself out or, <laughs> or, or, or what. But, um, War Height was basically this, uh, kind of fantasy, um, anime that's about it kind of has like world war one-ish era technology in some ways with some like fantasy elements with like magic and stuff um and it was kind of based around this like underground group with this uh that that was trying to you know figure out what's going on with the corrupt military or whatever it's like a bunch of like you know political uh, uh, backstabbing kind of stuff. Maybe not political backstabbing, the right word, but people are kind of invested in these organizations that are not necessarily, you know, in 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 line with the goals of the main organization they're part of art of so it's, it's a lot of that kind of stuff and and it's kind of like this king being like i'm gonna go like make another capital and this old capital that i'm in is gonna like we're gonna use it as a science experiment <laughs> and, and basically subject the citizens of the city to be uh turned into monsters basically so it's a uh, it's not really what i would normally watch but something about the aesthetics really w- w- drew me into it um, what I thought was interesting though, so this anime finishes up and it kind of ends on, I don't know if I would say a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger for the anime. If you if you finish the anime, like basically the bad stuff that's going to happen happens and then it just kind of ends. Um, but looking into it, basically, um, this is based off a mobile game, which is something I was aware of, uh, when I jumped into it. And it looks like this story kind of happens before the mobile game. So this was like a, a pre pre story to what happens in the game. The, one of the main characters is like a young kid in this game, but in the in, or in the uh, anime, but in the game, he's like this like you know 30, 40 year old dude, uh, probably closer to like his forties and fifties. Actually, he's he's got he's got some 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 white going on his hair, gray going on his hair. The, the what is it called, salt and pepper look or something like that. Um, so it was interesting because. Uh, I looked into it and so the anime came out like late last year if I, I recall correctly when it be- started begin airing and then basically around the time like like a little while after the anime aired the the game in Japan <laughs> shut down so so apparently whatever they're trying to do with that game did not work out um but interestingly enough the same time the Japanese version was kind of you know i don't think at the time they announced it was shutting down but you know when it was getting closer and closer to that shutdown time um they launched the global version of the game as well um and the global version is still going on today and i don't know if like the long-term plan for the global version is if it's just to run it until you know a it's not profitable obviously or b until they catch up to wherever the japanese content was and then like basically be like okay we have no more content we're shutting this game down <laughs> like i'm really curious how that dynamic works cuz i know there's a lot of games like like star star ocean where where the the japanese version launches first and there's a global version and then the global version kind of always inevitably seems to shut down first so you kind of have like the japanese version being the one that exists the longest uh, but you also have the cases like uh, Shining Nikki, I think, shut down in, in Korea first before it came out in Japan and stuff like that. It's kind of this interesting thing of like, we're going to take this game that we made and all the development updates for it and <laughs> and release it in another region and just like have it on this timeline. Now, now I will say, I don't know if Magatsu Warheight is literally just following the development ta- pi- pipeline of the Japanese version. Maybe they launched it with the Japanese feature set and they're developing new features. Uh, but I would assume you know, that they're probably just like launching it fresh and then basically rolling it from there. You know, maybe like the bug fix stuff already had that in place, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't know enough about mobile games, but it's, it's, it's a very fascinating scenario to me that I thought was, was kind of neat. Um, the fact that it might be like this, this limited timeline game that will die kind of makes it more appealing for me that I might, might want to check out Magatsu War Height. but at the same time I don't play mobile games, so <laughs> it probably won't happen, but, uh, but yeah. Also, I'm watching uh, Higehiro. I think is what it's called. Um, basically, it's like an anime about this 25 uh, year old dude who uh, basically gets like uh, rejected by his like coworker in, in and uh, when he like confesses to her, kind of thing. And then it's like ends up in that that taboo relationship thing of like he ends up like essentially adopting a high school girl out of a, you know anime series of events that don't really make a ton of sense probably. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously it kind of built on like the, like, oh, are they gonna fall in love kind of thing, which then, you know, I imagine many people have very, (laughs) a lot of problems with that because it's an age gap relationship and, and and specifically, you know, the, the girl is in high school kind of thing. I do like, I always say that I always find those kind of like weird taboo relationships kind of interesting because, or in, in, in a fantasy thing, I should say. Um, because like, or maybe fantasies are nonfiction. Is it fiction or non? I always, I always get nonfiction and fiction. up. whatever one's the fake story, <laughs> the fake story one. Um, but like, I like, um, this one Korean manhwa called, uh, why did men stop wearing high heels? And it spends a lot of time talking about like, this dude trying to kind of hide his hobby and then like what happens when people find out about it, you know, this very taboo hobby. And then how do you, how do you get the solution to something that society is ultimately going to frown upon for a variety of reasons? Some of them legit, some of them, you know, more frivolous. Um, and unfortunately I feel like most manga and anime don't really have a satisfying answer to that and same time you know how often can there be a satisfying answer to that you know especially something that you know it's it's a big enough problem that society doesn't have answers to you know you don't really want something that's going to glorify it i think to some degree um but i I think i think something like that, that, that that like addresses the um the realities of it um but also kind of like the human part of it like you know these there's these two people that have their own feelings um anyways whether or not it's going to end up in a relationship is not uh, something i know at this point i have not read the manga or, or the, the 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 light novel thing and then it's very haramy where it's like oh well now his other co-workers into him and now the coworker who rejected him might be into him too kind of thing so you know it's it's one of those kind of things where at some point you're like all right there are three women for this one dude and like is there any like this is a little much <laughs> like like I don't know. I, I again, I'm not much of a relationship guy, so maybe maybe the world looks works differently than I'd imagine, but at some point it's just like this this kind of I don't know, normal dude with a bunch of women around him for no real reason um always is just like very I don't want to say suspicious, but like it's I have a, the more more women you introduce to the scenario, the more my my ability to suspend my disbelief uh starts to wane. <laughs> So I feel like three is the the tipping point for me where I'm like, all right, dude, all right, you're not that special of a dude. why is everybody crowding around you? And then once you go beyond that, then it's a whole other thing um but but yeah it's a it's a I'm always curious to see how those shows handle those things. again, I think it's always usually not handled super well uh why did men men stop wearing high heels? That's a particular show that I think is Or Mom, mom, uh, that's one that I I think just kind of had a scapegoat ending. A lot of these kind of have scapegoat endings. Um, Natsuno Zenjutsu I really liked. I don't want to go too much into how it ended. I thought it ended in a really um, tasteful way, even though it kind of more or less just kind of stepped away from that thing. Natsuno Zenjutsu, by the way, is about like this college dude who ends up dating this this, uh, uh, businesswoman who's like 10 years older than him. And, and kind of the, the nature of that relationship. Um, that's less taboo because, you know, being a college student is, you know, more of its own thing. I think there's also inherently, um, I think people are more forgiving when it comes to uh, relationships. When, when you talk about the, the male being in a more, I guess you would call it exploitable position uh, for a variety of reasons. Again, I don't want to be, I don't want to make a commentary about this whatever it is i think there is like a, a general feeling that that people are less upset about that kind of stuff too so same thing with like this the, the anime thing like i definitely understand why people don't like want anime to have cover those topics i'm definitely more of a um creative freedom kind of person where i'm like hey make your story about whatever you want to make your story about and do whatever you want but um you know, I don't have to like it either. So, so yeah, I always just always stand by that. Like, Hey, if I don't like your thing, I'm not going to look at it. Um, that's just kind of the nature of it. Right. Um, or I mean, if I don't like your thing, anyways, I'm just trying to step it around like, you know, broken glass on the floor right now. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Um, because I've been a kind of an anime kick. I do look, I took my copy of buddy mission bond. And I put that in my Nintendo switch. And I looked at it on the menu and I checked for updates. So, you know, I think tonight after I get some solid work done on, on, you know, if if not the near video, just making sure I get my podcast edited and everything. Uh, I've got a sin and punishment casual review coming up here. So you can look forward to that on Wednesday, probably. Um, so that will be going up. Uh, but I, I'm going to sit down and try to play a chapter of buddy mission bond. I know I've said that I want to play it as soon as possible when it came out and it's been sitting here staring me in the eyes. So we're gonna do that. Um, is it the smart thing to do? I don't know. But I've been in an anime mood. I finished up Magatsu War Height, I Heroes simulcasting. So I'm like, hey, rather than fill your life with anime, why don't you fill your life with detective story game that you cannot read? And that's that. Um, one thing I did want to talk about briefly as well is that, um, you know, you probably noticed, <laughs> as it happens with a lot of things I do, um, the, the the collaboration podcasts have kind of come to a halt at this point. I haven't really done anything in... in it might have been a year now. I think the PCFX one was, was the last one. I do want to do more collaboration podcasts, but the... The the approach I was taking before was making them more featured content, and that was challenging. Um, that 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 was a, a hard thing to do properly. It was also a hard thing to plan. Um, so I think I'm going to kind of rethink how I want to do collab pro- projects um podcasts and maybe do something that's more of a casual show like this where i don't really like i have a very very rough outline of what we're gonna talk about and then just kind of talk about that um i don't know if that's going to replace an episode of this or if it's going to you know just be a normal episode but plus a guest or if it's going to be its own thing but i'm i'm spending a little time thinking about that um i think what i want to do is um one of the things that were part of the main podcast or the uh, the the the, the multi-tap podcast was uh, the video gaming bit. Which I call I think like thirty billion things on this this website at this point because that's I like that I I like that name and it always comes back to the the thing of just like hey talk about a game like that just like it's out of nowhere we don't need a lot of reason to talk about it right I just want to hear about a game that you like for whatever reason and talk about it so I think it might be more structured around that kind of like five minute conversation that we would have but expanding it out to a whole podcast and being a more casual conversation that would hopefully make it so I wouldn't necessarily have to play the game that we talk about too um so that would also make it somewhat easier and also be probably very lightly edited as well anyways this is a long podcast so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up like i said near video i'm gonna try to get it done as soon as possible i'll try to let you know as soon as it's getting ready if uh, since it's a uh featured uh uh, since it's a featured video, I'll also go ahead and schedule the the uh, uh, upload for that, so you're able to see it before it comes online. The Sin and Punishment casual review is not going to be scheduled because that is not considered a featured video, so it'll just go up probably on Wednesday unless something horrendous happens. The video itself is done. I just got to make them thumbnails and stuff like that, which you know, you know me. I hate doing that. That is my least favorite part of this whole thing. I hate being like, ah, oh, a Nintendo sixty-four. Um, uh, what's that word? It starts with the E. Uh, essential. There we go. That's probably what the thumbnail's gonna say. So you can laugh at me when it's right there, when that's on the thumbnail, because that's probably what it's gonna say. Uh, I don't really like doing that stuff. It's not my favorite thing. But I do, in that video, kind of like, hey, you know, if you, if you like the 64, you really need to play Sin and Punishment at some point if you have not done it yet. So, uh, I'm not saying a lie and saying that, but it is one of those things that I... I just hate like highlighting those words in big, bold text kind of thing. Um, But otherwise, uh, like I said earlier, we'll be playing some Dirge of Cerberus this week at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So if you want to come check out that stream, you can do that. Um, I don't know if I plan to do anything for a birthday stream or anything like that. Probably not, since I'm going to be dragged off to go do something else with my dad, depending on you know how that works out. Maybe if I get back earlier in the day, maybe I'll consider doing something, but I don't have anything planned. Hopefully, I won't break my hand like I almost did last year when I was smacking that uh, pinata with my, my stick and I didn't have a way to secure it, so I put my hand up with the pinata, which is a very smart move. Very good, Ben. Um, um so yeah but we'll we'll see maybe i'll do something maybe i won't maybe we'll just let it pass by like like it should like your birthday they should just just slowly die slowly die Onecontrolport.com is the website and i guess that's all i have to say thank you very much for coming and i hope you have a great week bye